in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. One of the gems of Austin's park system, Zilker Park, may have become too popular. And now city leaders are putting forward a plan to make some changes. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, I'm Sally Hernandez. The Parks and Rec Board voted to recommend the Zilker Park Vision Plan to City Council late last night. There was four hours of public comment as hundreds of speakers showed up. The plan, which the city has worked on for more than two years, proposes land bridge connecting Zilker Park to Barton Springs, more bathrooms, the new three new parking garages, among some other changes. The board questioned how this plays into the city's plan to reduce emissions. Go back to uh, the concern of the vision. So if the vision of the city of Austin is to reduce emissions by 50% by 2040, it kind of feels like we're going in the opposite direction by saying let's build concrete structures. The plan is expected to go before City Council later this summer. It's a vision plan. It does not set aside funding or provide things like de detailed construction plans. But when we go in depth, we know controversy over the plan started on social media and on a website claiming Zilker Park and Barton Springs could move under private ownership. The Parks and Rec Department has told KXAN the city will continue to operate the park. Live look outside and you can see traffic flowing here on I-35. Clear skies in Round Rock. Kristen Curry here tracking the possibility of some storms later. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. We've got a round of storms expected late night. We're just finishing up with this overnight storm activity that just clipped our San Saba and Passage County areas, but everybody else remains dry overnight. And we're gonna continue to see those dry skies for most of the day today. Live look outside, taking you up to Round Rock. This is the view courtesy of our Willsey Landscape Supplies weather camera there. Temperatures are in the 60s and 70s, 70 in Georgetown, 67 Bastrop, 71 here in Austin with those 60s out towards the west. Temperatures just a little bit warmer this morning and we're going to continue that warming trend today, getting back up to near 90 degrees here in Austin. Rain chances will remain low through the day, but do get bumped up late tonight into the overnight hours and that's when a severe risk will be in play here. It's not very high, but some of those storms late night could have some hail and wind, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Potential rainfall totals. We'll look at how much we could see in the rain gauge by the time those showers and storms leave and your Memorial Day weekend weather. Some slight changes leading up to the holiday, which we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. Thank you, Chris. This is some breaking news from overnight. A person is dead. Another in police custody following a shooting in South Austin. Here's what we know. Police say they got a call around 9 o'clock last night that a person it was shot in South Meadows near the Dairy Queen there off the frontage road. The person later died at the hospital from their injuries, and this is being marked as Austin's 30th homicide of the year. As we approach a year since that tragedy in Uvalde, we're taking a close look at what lawmakers here are doing to prevent another one. State leaders have said school safety is their top priority, but with just one week left to go in the legislative session, the fate of their legislation is still uncertain. There's a proposed school safety bill in the House. It would make sweeping changes to security standards. But as Ryan Chandler reports, Texas schools are concerned it might not go far enough. In West Austin's Eames ISD, safety 
is top of mind. Every day we work hard to protect our students because if we can't keep them safe, then we're not providing an adequate learning environment for them. Superintendent Jeff Arnett worries, though, what kind of financial burden the coming upgrades could mean for his community. I don't think that there is sufficient money in the proposed legislation that we've seen. That's a very expensive endeavor, but it should be. The Texas Senate took steps last week to make that endeavor less expensive. The House's school safety bill would spend nearly $1.3 billion for districts to enhance security. The Senate's version, just about $328 million. The House also increased the per-student security funding tenfold to $100. The Senate set it to $10, only 28 cents more than the current allotment. The Senate substitute also removes the requirement for armed security on every campus. I would ask the legislature to really look at the real costs of, of this bill, because certainly those costs are going to have to be paid, uh, passed on to the taxpayers. In Maynard ISD, the challenges are even greater. A $10 allotment in HB3 would give Dr. Sormani's district just $90,000. For example, just putting the fence around Maynard High School uh, could potentially cost up to $500,000 alone. And that's just one campus. Uh, exactly. And so we have a significant cost. Lawmakers pitched a more robust approach early in the session. We owe it to the memory of those children and teachers to make sensible, meaningful change. Here's what Speaker Phelan tells us now. I am confident that the two chambers of this legislature will find common ground on some of these much-needed proposals and send them to the governor's desk in the coming days. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. Now, El Paso Democrat Joe Moody co-authored that school safety legislation, and he tells us that students, parents, and teachers are all betting their lives on our commitment to school safety being more than political lip service. Without the money for the security we've been talking about, that's all the Senate proposal is. That's an end quote. The House can either accept the Senate's amendments or enter into a conference committee to try and reconcile the differences. A lot to iron out in the next seven days. Changes to a bill that would increase pay for teachers, but why some people are unhappy about it. And where you may want to book your next family trip, one of the top 20 secret beaches in the country, right here in Texas. Good morning, a live look up high above Austin from our Austonian camera looking down at downtown. We appreciate you being here with us dark and early on a Tuesday morning. I want to tell you about a bill that would tie efforts to create a school voucher-like program to raises for public school teachers. It's now advancing in the state Senate. The bill would increase per pupil funding in Texas, something that has not happened before since the pandemic. And some school district leaders are unhappy about it. They say it would only increase by $50 per student. Earlier versions called for an extra $90. The bill would require school districts to use part of those funds to raise educators' salaries. But the chair of the Senate Public Education Committee put forth a new version of that bill that would also provide parents with up to $8,000 they can put toward private school tuition. The add-on is not popular with public school districts who argue school voucher-like programs would decrease funding for public schools and redirect money to private institutions that don't have to report to the state. I'd like to change my position from on to against this bill, please. Uh, and we're against the 
the uh, the voucher portion of the bill. We feel that there are other spending priorities that need to take place before we start spending money on vouchers. I can assure you that 97% of our schools as a whole are ready and willing. They would like to allow more our families to have the opportunity to take advantage of a private school of education if that is what they want and need. All this comes after Governor Abbott said last week he would not support the latest version of a school voucher bill. Still ahead, a new change at airport checkpoints aimed to make your wait time shorter. Most 911 calls are not by mistake. How North Carolina police say a set of robbers snitched on themselves through something interesting. It is a big day of golf, not only here in Central Texas, but out in the Arizona heat. I've got more on that coming up. Good morning on a Tuesday, a live look up in Round Rock. No matter where you're watching from, we are happy to have you joining us on KXAN News Today. The Transportation Security Administration is gearing up for a busy summer travel season. Travel getting back to normal now. The agency says it's taking some big steps to keep wait times down at airports, specifically in those security lines. All minors can now use TSA PreCheck if their parent or guardian is in the program. TSA says those changes in new technologies like digital identification will help passengers move through as fast as ever. You'll see in our checkpoints around the country that um, thanks to the support of the president and the Congress, uh, we are deploying new technologies across all of our screening checkpoints. We are trying to make our screening process as frictionless as it possibly can be. TSA workers are also getting a raise to help with retention. A bill that would end mandatory vehicle safety inspections statewide continues to move through the legislature. It passed both chambers but needs some ironing out of both versions between the House and the Senate. Essentially, this is a bill that would mean state vehicle inspections would not be required for non-commercial drivers. However, emissions inspections would still be required in the largest counties to re-register your car, including right here in Travis County. The money for the safety inspection fee would be converted into a simple charge that you need to pay to register your car. For some context here, there are some things that the safety inspection currently checks in a passenger car. Your tires, wheels, braking system, steering wheel, seat belts, and safety light and brake lights to make sure that they're all working properly. Well, are you uh, headed to the beach with the family later on this summer? We don't have any plans, no. but I would love to. How about yourself? <laughs> we are. We're going in June. Okay, what beach do you go to? We always go to South Padre. South Padre. Yeah. I'm always asking, what's the best yeah. beach in Texas? And I always hear different answers. Mm -hmm. There's a new survey here, though, that found three of Texas's vast beaches are among the top secret beaches that people want to visit. FamilyDestinationGuide.com asking families which beaches they want to visit most this summer. And on the list of the top 100, number 16, San Jose Island near Port Aransas, number 28, Rockport Beach, and number 58, Padre Island. Number one beach on the list is Oahu Beach in Hawaii. Mm, I'll take any of those. <laughs> yes. Put my tush in the sand and a drink in my hand. I don't even care what name you call it. It's you almost know? that time. It is almost yeah. that time. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here because certainly hot enough to be by a body of water. Our temperatures climbing back into the 90s today. And as far as what's going on with the clouds and radar, the storms that we had been tracking overnight, they have since fizzled out. So it's not something that I'm going to be worried about any longer. As far as what we've got 
currently 71 degrees. Fog isn't widespread or dense anywhere yet. I'll keep my eye on that. But this afternoon, you can expect a good amount of sunshine with only a few passing clouds here. 90 degrees with a 10% chance of rain. So let's get into these sky conditions because if I put this in motion between now and lunchtime, nothing to worry about. Once we get past that noon hour, couple isolated storms possible in mainly the hill country. Could see one or two of those get close to the Austin Metro. That's my 10%. As we get into tonight, though, that's a 20 to 30% chance of storms and showers rolling in across the hill country. Kind of like what we had last night and early this morning. These storms are developing well out west, but they're being pushed in our direction late night. Some of those storms could be on the strong to severe side before they clear. We wake up quiet. We watch for another round as we get into tomorrow afternoon. So what does our severe storm threat look like? It's a one out of five, so it's low, but we could be looking at some large hail and damaging winds late night as those storms get pushed into the hill country and Austin Metro. So that will be something to keep an eye on. Make sure you've got your alerts turned on via the KXN weather app, because as far as, like I said, some of those concerning storms, maybe about a quarter size or bigger with the hail, the winds could be about 50 to 60 miles per hour. The threat will be higher west of I-35, but we want to include Austin Metro in on that concern here because I think those storms will get close enough for sure. They also have potential to bring some heavy rainfall, and we look forward to this between now and the end of the day tomorrow. Maybe about a tenth of an inch to a quarter of an inch isolated pockets of one inch or more. So that will just be for the later part of tonight into your early Wednesday morning. Our rain chances on Wednesday kind of largely depend on how long those storms linger into tomorrow morning. I've got one model not showing anything until after midnight. If that happens, then our rain chances will come down some tomorrow afternoon, but it'll be kind of isolated storm action for the next six to seven days. I wouldn't get too worried about that Saturday, Sunday storm chance just yet. Just know that some of our models are indicating one or two spot showers Friday, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon. Not a washout, not expected to be anything super significant, but the seven-day forecast does show temperatures near 90 today, and then we'll kick off this string of mid to upper 80s with those low daily storm chances. Your overnight lows will be in the 60s. Again, highlighting the fact that we could see severe weather tonight. So be sure you're staying up to date with us here on KX again. Hey, as the weather warms, we know it's going to cause snow melt, specifically out in the Sierra Mountains. We're starting to see quite a bit of that melt, prompting flooding in Yosemite National Park. Park officials call it the big melt, which means lots of water cascading down from the high country as that snowpack melts. Two campgrounds within the park are temporarily closed, but the park remains open and the waterfalls just spectacular. However, tourists and visitors are being warned to be careful when traveling through the park and not go near any fast moving water. Thank you, Kristen. Austin police are warning Kia and Hyundai drivers to be careful. They say thieves are exploiting a design vulnerability in these cars, leading to a growing number of car thefts. APD just released this video of a person that detectives are still looking for. Police say they crashed their car, you see that there, into a home in East Austin March 18th. The suspect ran off, but then two other cars, a Kia Soul and possibly a Hyundai Elantra, leave the area. Please tell us both these cars were stolen as well. Numbers show as of last month, there have been almost 2,000 auto theft cases this year. East Austin, South Austin, and Southeast Austin all have seen the biggest spikes. What we're seeing is that a lot of stolen vehicles are being used in other felonies across the board, whether that be robberies, aggravated assaults, homicides, burglaries. 
Officers tell us that most of the offenders are younger than 18. A Houston man faces charges after a case of road rage in Fayette County. Authorities say he started shooting his gun out the window of his truck. Deputies say Charlie Ray Shepard Jr. was on I-10 shooting this gun on Sunday. While a child and woman and another man were in the passenger seats. Investigators say he admitted to firing the gun after being cut off by a couple of drivers. Shepard faces several charges now, including a felon in possession of a firearm, deadly conduct, endangering a child, and possession of marijuana. The bill that would ban diversity, equity, and inclusion policies for higher education has officially passed both the Senate and the House and will soon reach the governor's desk to be signed into law. It says that DEI departments and policies actually hurt diversity. It would become law, and if it does, it would ban hiring someone based off race, gender, or sexual orientation. It also prohibits someone from being hired because of their beliefs and gets rid of DEI departments altogether. And that raises the question, what's going to happen to those DEI employees? As a result of the implementations of this legislation, is offered reassignment to a position of similar pay at the institution. This legislation unravels the investment that this legislature has made to public colleges over generations. Diversity is not a threat. Some University of Texas DEI employees testified before lawmakers on this. They said that for some departments, about 80% of grant funding would be at risk without those DEI policies. Others warned that there could be chilling effects on recruiting students and employees. Relief could soon be coming to Texans struggling to pay for their medications. Texas Senate passing a bill and sending it over to the governor's desk. If signed, it would create the Texas Wholesale Prescription Drug Importation Program, and that could save people 70% on their costs, prescription costs, costs, drugs from Canada, everything from EpiPens to cancer treatment drugs. The Texas House gave final approval to a bill restricting children from seeing sexually explicit performances. The legislation no longer targets drag performers like it was originally written. And the most recent version of the bill would criminalize any live performance that the bill defines as sexual. SB 12's definition is a performance when someone is nude or appeals to the prurient interest in sex. It's not a done deal just yet. The Senate has to look over the changes and keep or decide whether it wants to have the committee work out some of the differences. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good morning to you. Big day of golf ahead at both the high school and college level. We start with the UT women. They will be in the quarterfinals of the NCAA championships. They wrapped up the stroke play portion on Monday. That's Cindy Shue for Texas, and she birdies the final hole. They were safely inside the top eight, but they finished second in the stroke play. So they will play in the quarterfinals against, yeah, they get Texas A&M in the quarters. If they win, they will go on to the semifinals later today. Stanford, the top seed going in, and they are the number one seed overall after the stroke play, and that is Rose Zhang, and she wins the individual title for the second straight year. Also, it's the final round of the boys' 6A state tournament out in Georgetown. 
Lake Travis, a staple in the field. They're in fifth place, seven back. And, well, the story within the story for Westlake, their outstanding coach, Callan Noakes, is retiring as golf coach. He's the new AD, trying to retire with a ninth state title and six in a row. And Adam Villanueva, not only looking for a team title, but an individual title. He's tied for the lead after shooting 66. And the team has a two-shot lead over Houston Memorial and San Antonio Johnson. 18 more holes today out in Georgetown. Back to you. Sounds good. Thank you, Roger. Super Bowl heading back to the San Francisco Bay Area. The NFL selecting Levi Stadium to host Super Bowl 60 in 2026. The last time Levi Stadium hosted the Super Bowl was back in 2016, and the region raked in $250 million the last time the Super Bowl was played there. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.